If you would, turn to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. We'll get into it this morning. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, and humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day that you have given to us every day. That you have given to us abundantly your mercy and grace that is poured out in a variety of ways. You overflow with that. And I pray this morning that you would so overflow upon us that we cannot help but have it flow out from us. Lord, I pray that you, by your Holy Spirit, would fall and have your way, your way that is love in us this morning. Help me to speak your words, the words that you want. Lord, I know, I believe, I trust that there are things that you want to say this day that go beyond anything I can say. But that you will speak to our hearts. And that we would not just listen, but we would do what you're asking us to. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to try a little exercise here. We're going to start out with exercises just in case. I don't want you getting settled down that you're sitting down. Actually, it's not really that hard. Uh, and impossible to say. Are you ready uh, to say some of these things with me here? I want you to look it over for just a second while I look for the... Where it went? Ah, here we go. Because I may not be able to read it that far up there. Are you ready? Let's say this together. Brisk, brave, brigadiers, brandish, broad, bright blades, blunderbusses, bludgeons, balancing them badly. There was definitely something badly there. All right. How about how about this one? You're at. Uh, wait a minute. I got to get my. All right. Can you can a can can in an uncan can like a canner can a can can into a can can can? Come on, guys, catch up. Oh, am I uh, right there? Yeah, I know. That's that's your reason, huh? <laughs> you keep saying that, man. All right, you ready? Try this one on your own. <laughs> I'm standing up here. Here's what it sounds like. <laughs> That's good. How about this one? No, no. Forget that one. Okay. Now, there's there's one that's supposedly the the most, supposedly the world's hardest tongue twister. Are you ready? <clears throat> Let's try this slowly at first. The six sick sheep, six sheep, six. How many? That was hard. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> ready? Uh, try it. Try, ready? 
Again, the sick, sick, sheep, sick, sheep, sick. Again, the sick, sick, sheep, sick, sheep, sick. Not bad. All right. Those might seem like they, they are impossible. But this next one, this next one is totally impossible to say. At least I, I, there are not many people who really have been able to say this that I have heard to say this. It is, it is something totally impossible. Are you ready? As soon as I say it, I forgive you. Just as Jesus forgave me. You know, last week we looked at how we're called to love others like God does. And we take it this week deeper. We take it this week to a greater level, to a level of love that many of us in this room have experienced. Over and over in the Word of God, we are told to forgive. Even as I just read in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, bear with each other, forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, what? Forgive as the Lord forgave. I think it's safe to say that most church people would agree, yes, we need to forgive others. I think most church people would also agree that while it is difficult at times to forgive, most would probably say, I don't think that it's totally impossible. But I think that's because we're not seeing forgiveness in the way that God is calling us. And unfortunately, I believe that the great majority of churchianity today has totally missed how God has commanded us to forgive. Listen again as he says it in another place in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. <clears throat> Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Did you hear what makes forgiveness totally different? Do you hear one of the similarities that I said in that one that you see up on the screen? What we miss, what makes it seem totally impossible although it is through the God of the impossible that we can do this we are not just to forgive others as they forgive us we are to forgive as God has forgiven you forgive like you got it from God are you with me? we need to forgive like you got it from God. Instead, most Christians have been taught to settle for an incomplete forgiveness that only satisfies the religious minimum duty. I couldn't tell you how many Christians have come up to me or, or we're talking about something and there's some struggle going on and something like that and they say, but I have forgiven them. And yet it is as plain as the nose on their face that they have not forgiven them. And they will say it strongly. I really have forgiven them. And I want to say, you really haven't forgiven them. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? People like that. I don't have a problem with them. Uh, I think there may be something going on there. All too often, we think we are done with forgiveness. 
And the truth is, we've only begun. I want that to sink in. With whatever you're going through and whoever and what's happened in your life, all too often, too many cases, we think we are done with forgiveness and you have only just begun. We have just begun with a partial human fleshly forgiveness. But we need to totally grasp how the total forgiveness of God has given us a forgiveness that we need to give to others. How do we know that we've totally forgiven? Well, today we're going to look at three characteristics of the total forgiveness of God that we've received to pass on to others. And then for us to forgive like we got it from God. Now, let me just say at the beginning here that I and many others have been helped uh, at this topic of forgiveness by a book called Total Forgiveness by R.T. Kendall. If you struggle with that or had something like that or know someone, I just recommend it. It's a book that I buy and give out and I can't keep uh, because it just keeps going. Uh, as well as information from Peacemakers, Ken Sandy, and Peacemakers International. Um, but let's look at this. What are the three different ways, or at least see how far we can get? Uh, number one, we need to uh, give the total forgiveness of God that seeks to remember no more. The first thing that we know, how do we get, th- how do we get from God what forgiveness we did? It's that total forgiveness of God that seeks to remember no more. It's amazing how many statements that you hear from God's people about forgiveness that you will never hear God say. For example, I have forgiven it, but I am never going to let it go. I've forgiven it, but I'm never going to let it go. Or how about this one? I will forgive them, but I will never forget what they have done. Said Jesus. Never. Right? But said a lot of people, uh, even if they don't say it out loud. For many, they're going to make sure they never forget, rehearsing it over and over, picking at the scab, never allowing it to heal, doing what they can to remember it forever. We justify rehashing it over and over as just sharing the facts with people so they don't know how much I've been hurt or what happened to me. But this sharing that we do is neither helpful nor redemptive to you or to the person that you are talking to. It does not bring glory to the God who has a powerful love. So, Pastor, it's not realistic to think that I could actually forget the horrible things that they've done. It's not like I'm a computer. I I can't just erase my memory. And while there is a, a truth to that to a point, I have seen God wipe those kind of memories away from people. Not all the time. But it is guaranteed it will never happen as long as you hold on to those and choose not to forget. It's as if there's this whole list of wrongs that we keep in triplicate. Have you noticed how the list just gets longer the longer you tell the story? You know, just more and more things get added on to what this person did or how they did it. And not just that, but then other things get added on that they didn't even do to you. You just know they're they're bad to this person and they did that and they're that. And we just keep the list gets longer and longer. 
People get so historical when they're talking about those who hurt them. I don't mean hysterical. I mean historical. Just, oh, just list the whole history of all the past wrongs. Just pick, 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 pick at that person. So demonizing, the devil looks good. What is the total forgiveness of God like? Hebrews 8, 12. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. God does not remember our sin. Now let's be clear about this. It's not about literally forgive and forget. We hear that and we don't really understand what that is about as in some way of erasing things out of our mind. But like God's total forgiveness, it says he will remember their sins no more. And it's not like God has a memory loss. He is God. He's not going to have a memory loss problem. Rather, he chooses to remember it no more. There are plenty of places, like Isaiah 43. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgression for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Have we forgotten or have we never fully realized how much God forgives us and gives to us a clean, fresh start? Forgive like you got it from God. This is the... Not the same as trying, but what I'm talking about is not the same as trying not to think about it. Or just to stay away from the person. Then you never have to think about them and what they did. Or, or just make sure everybody around you never mention their name again. You know? And then I don't have to ever have to think about it so that you forget. That's not what God's total forgiveness is. You think God, you know, starts out, you know, somebody that's sinned against Him... Up in heaven telling the angels, never mention John's name again in this place. You know? No. That's not the way it works for God. In fact, when we do it that way, all we're doing is burying it deep inside of us. We're pushing down and avoiding dealing with it. We're planting a root of bitterness deeper still within us that will eventually grow up and destroy every relationship we have, not just the one who we feel like has already been destroyed. The total forgiveness of God does not pretend that it didn't happen. Rather, it chooses not to dwell or think about it anymore. I'm not going to hold on to this memory. I'm not going to keep rehearsing this pain over and over. Instead, I'm going to let it go until it gets to the point... Where, although it might cross my mind, my mind does not cross towards them. I don't feel angry or sad anymore. I, I, I remembered, I know what happened, but I do not have, it does not have a hold on me anymore. I am going to live this impossible love of 1 Corinthians 13, part of which says, I will keep no record of wrongs. That is the total forgiveness of God that we are called to. The, the forgiveness that God has, Psalm 103. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. He keeps no record. In the practical sense then, you say, well, how can I stop thinking about it? How can I stop thinking about it? First of all, it's a choice. It is a decision of your will to let go. It is a decision of your will to begin a process more importantly, of turning everything over to God, including your mind and your heart, to do the impossible. 
Love is impossible. Forgiveness sometimes is totally impossible. But fortunately, we have a God, not just a God up in heaven, but a God through the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us who is the God who says all things are possible. It is possible. Totally. For us to do this. It is easier to stop thinking about the wrong when you start thinking about what's right. You catch that? It's easier to stop thinking about the wrong when you start thinking about what's right, what's true, what's noble, whatever is lovely and admirable, excellent or praiseworthy. Think on such things, Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says. So do the thoughts that you are having about that person or persons fit into that description? Are the thoughts that you're having about those people who have wronged you or hurt you lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy thoughts, are they? You know they aren't. How do I stop thinking that wrong direction? Start thinking the right direction. The scriptures are very clear. Replace the wrong thinking with God's thinking about them. How God thinks about them. Use the memorized word of God to fight back those thoughts and forgive like you got it from God. That's how we change our thinking. Not simply to stop thinking something, but to start thinking something positive, praiseworthy. Uh, Not just in general, but about that person specifically. And uh, praying God's blessing upon them. The problem is that we enjoy nursing our feelings. Laying around in our our misery and, and, and pity looking for the, the, the company uh, around us uh, of, of people who will just kind of gather around us who will help us to, to just sit back and wallow in our sloth of despond. It's not quite as good as a hot tub. You may feel better temporarily, but it doesn't bring healing. Dwelling on and continually telling your story about how bad that person was and how sad I am. All you're really doing is just continuing to make that person out to be the villain and you to be the victim. We may enjoy thinking that way about how we're going to get them back or how they should get it back, but all that happens is the devil gets a foothold in our thoughts, not just with them, but then in so many other ways, guilt and regret that will not let go. Jesus died for our wrongs to make us right with God. Amen? Jesus died for our wrongs to make us right with God. Therefore, we can learn something from Jesus. Because at the cross, and you think of all that happened after the cross, Jesus does not continue to play the poor, innocent victim from some unjust, unfair wrong that was done to him. After the cross, Jesus doesn't talk about all the bad, all the, the, not, not just the people who crucified him, not just the, the, those who said they loved him, that abandoned him. He doesn't talk about any of that. He doesn't talk about himself and how sad it was that everybody left him or how bad it was. He doesn't talk about any of that. Jesus doesn't play the victim. He is the victor. And that's what he wants in our lives. We need to understand it. Stop being and playing the victim. 
Allow Jesus Christ, who rose from the dead, to forgive you and them, to allow you to be the victor over whatever it is that happened. The victor through forgiveness. We need to give the total forgiveness of God that seeks to remember no more. And that means that we will not think about it. We will not dwell upon it. That means we will not bring it back up. We will not talk about it to that person. We will not talk about it to anyone else. We will not gossip. We will not share things to people so that they can pray better. So that they can pray better to a God who has already forgotten it. Proverbs 17.9 says, Whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. It is forgiven. It is under the blood of Jesus. And I, sometimes I don't think we realize how far that is. Because it's amazing how someone is able to so easily bring up a past hurt Then it apparently wasn't buried that deep. It's so quickly... I, I've forgiven them, but so quickly we're able to bring that up again. Micah chapter 7, verse 19, God says, You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. And yet our churches are filled with deep sea divers. Are you with me? Our churches are filled with a lot of deep sea divers. There's a lot of talent that we have. And going all the way down to the bottom and pulling up someone's sin, pulling up what someone did to us. Forgive. Forgive like you got it from God. When Jesus forgives you, He is not going to repeat that to anyone else, ever. In fact, the only one who wants past sin to be repeated, to be brought up, is Satan, the accuser of the brethren, our adversary, the devil himself. And we need to ask ourselves then, as we're talking and the way we're talking, whose side are we on? When we start bringing up stuff that should have been totally forgiven. Now, does that mean we never say anything? For the most part, yes. That means we never say anything. But there are those rare occasions where we have been sinned against and we can't or should not let it go. And that is when Matthew 18 gives us an instruction that... If your brother sins against you, you go to him. Not to everybody else, not to talk to anybody else. You go to him or her or whoever it is. You don't talk to a bunch of people. You go to the one, not just the one who sinned you, but to the one with whom that relationship is broken, fractured, to restore that relationship. That's when you talk about it. Not to point out, not to... Bring it. It's not about. It's about remembering no more, but getting your relationship to where it needs to be. We need to give the total forgiveness of God that seeks revenge no more. Not just to remember no more, but revenge no more. Have you ever heard someone say, Normally, I would forgive? Uh, please, I, I don't want you to think bad of me. Normally I would forgive, but this person, what they did really doesn't deserve to be forgiven, at least not yet. You know, what they did was so bad, they've got to pay something for what they did. 
You know, it's not that I'm never going to forgive them. It's not that, I bet, you know, we want to see them punished. Or let's be honest, we want to see them suffer like we had to suffer because of what they did to us. And maybe even a little extra measure added in there too might be okay. It just comes naturally for us to strike back, whether in words or in action, to hurt them in such a way that they get a taste of how badly we hurt. After all, revenge is the American way, right? I mean, think about it. I don't, I, maybe some of the women might disagree, but men, don't you think some of our best American movies are, the basis is revenge, right? Some of the classics, you probably got them. That's what it is. That's the American way. But that's not forgiving like you got it from God. Why are, you know, as we think of we're so often more influenced by our culture than we are by Christ. Here's a sad fact. Christians who are the most forgiven people around can often be the most unforgiving. I don't think that's right. I mean, when we're here and we're all loving and how are you doing? You know, what happens in our homes? For all that matters, what happens on social media when you hear Christians talking about this or that going on and all those things happening? Does it sound like the most forgiven people talking? But if we start to forgive them, that might let the steam out of our anger. We won't be able to really just let them have it with both barrels. Uh, and, and then... You know, you, you come to church, so you think, okay, okay. It's not very Christian for me to think that I need to get them back. I know that's not right. So I'm not going to do anything to them. I'm not going to go to their house during the day or at night. All right? I, I'm not going to do anything. I know it's not right. That's not what I should do. So instead... We just secretly wish something bad would happen to them. Well, that's not really the way we say it. We secretly wish they would get found out. And that their sin would come to light. And people could see how bad they really are. Or, you say, you know what, I, I know how I can do this. We're going to come in the back door and punish them with unforgiveness. If I hold back my forgiveness from them, then they will hurt. As many have said about unforgiveness, though, doing that is like you drinking a poison, hoping it will hurt them. Unforgiveness and bitterness is the poison you drink, thinking somehow that's going to hurt them. But if they're even half as bad as you are saying they are, they won't care that you're not forgiving them. They, they, they won't care. Uh, and, and even if they did care, they've moved on. And for all that matters, some of them don't even know that they actually hurt you. Or certainly don't know that they hurt you as bad as you're feeling. They just don't know that. Oh, yeah. You know what? Here's newsflash. Yes, people are that dense. Okay? Just, I, I mean, I, I hate to burst your bubble, 
uh, especially the bubble you're trying to lean on. Oh, they knew exactly what they were doing. You know what? No, some people don't. They just don't. Hopefully we can grasp that we can't say that we have forgiven someone and are still holding their sins against them, holding it over their head, beating them with it, making sure they feel guilty. Leviticus 19, 18 says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. We need to forgive like we got it from God. You don't understand. Pastor, you don't understand. I know what you're saying. I know what we say, and I know we're supposed to forgive, but this is different. What happened to me is not, it is different. Total forgiveness doesn't apply. Because why? Because you've received a forgiveness from God that's not total? What are we going to say to Jesus on Judgment Day when we stand before Him? And understand, if you don't know Christians, there will be a Judgment Day for you. And you will be standing before the Lord. And what are we going to say to Him when He calls us to account for our unforgiveness? And, and, and He will call us for that unforgiveness that you said was forgiveness, that you'd only begun but you did not finish. There's no, well, I, I, I gave it a try. There, there's no old college try in heaven. It's a pass-fail. What are we going to say to Jesus as we're standing there? I, I just imagine somebody, this is the way they talk now, but I, and I, it's almost hard to believe they would do this, but this is the way they talk now. But, but Jesus, you just don't understand. They did it on purpose. It, it's not like it just happened. It's not like it was an accident. Jesus, they did it on purpose to me. You just don't understand. And I don't know if Jesus say anything, but if I, you know, my thinking, I'm thinking, he's thinking, really? You know, he says that a lot. Jesus, you don't understand how much they hurt me. And I did nothing to deserve it, Jesus. You just don't understand. Really? Or how about this one? But Jesus, you, you don't understand how hard it is to forgive them. Really? Have we forgotten how the total forgiveness of Jesus has been given to us? But if I forgive them, I'm just approving what they did. I'm saying it was okay. No, you're not. That's not what forgiveness is. That's not what God's forgiveness to you is. To forgive one is to forgive someone is not the same as saying no big deal. It's not a problem. In fact, oftentimes I believe we are too quick to just say to someone, you know what, it's okay. Now, and, and sometimes we don't really mean that, but sometimes we do mean it. It's okay when they've hurt us, but it's not. And people who have wronged us never receive forgiveness because we just blow it off. It's okay. They haven't received forgiveness. It is a big deal. It was a problem. But like Jesus in John chapter 8 with the woman who was caught in adultery, He totally forgives her. He states that neither does He condemn her. He does not condemn her. 
at all. But in verse 11, he also says, go and leave your life of sin. He does not say it's okay. He does not say it's all right. He does not say it's no big deal. It doesn't matter. He does not call evil good. It was wrong. But Jesus does not call her out in front of everybody to get his pound of flesh in payment for her sin. He does not say, I can't let this guilty person go unpunished. No, rather his grace and his mercy forgives and sends her on her way free. Free from guilt and now free to sin no more. Please understand, it does not necessarily mean that when you receive the total forgiveness of God that He rescues us from the consequences, the natural consequences of our sin. When you play with fire, you get burned. There are things that are going to happen as a consequence to sin. And countless examples of that throughout the Scriptures. You look at David. Just look at the life of David, a man after God's own heart. He doesn't get a pass. He does not get a pass. He still has to pay the consequences. God forgives him. We read in the Psalms about his forgiveness, Psalm 32, Psalm 51. You want to look at that. And an amazing forgiveness he experienced, but he did not get a pass from the consequences. But that is God's choice. And it is not up to us to dispense God's judgment. Instead, we need to forgive like we got it from God. We need to understand that when we acknowledge how fully the wrong is, then we are also acknowledging how fully the forgiveness needs to be. Forgiveness is not easy. Forgiveness is not cheap. God does not minimize or excuse our sin or say it wasn't that bad. When He forgives us, He forgives us stating it was wrong. Not just wrong, it was painfully wrong. How painfully wrong? He sent His one and only Son to die for us. How painfully wrong was our sin? Just look at Jesus. See His hands. See His feet. Whatever we have done is inexcusable. Whatever someone has done to you is inexcusable. But it is not unforgivable. Are you with me? It is not unforgivable. Not for us or anyone who wrongs us. We need to give a total forgiveness of God that seeks no revenge. A total forgiveness of God that, that is, costs us to let go. I encourage you to, to read over Revelation chapter 12, uh, especially verses 17 and 21. I have time this morning to, to really get into that, but so much as it talks about God and, and what we need to do with one another, you know, and, and I know it feels like it, it doesn't seem right to let them off the hook for what they did, but that's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is letting them off of your hook onto God's. Let him be God, not you. Deuteronomy 32, 35, it is mine to avenge. I will repay the Lord will vindicate his people. He does it. We read that other places. In fact, since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath? Jesus paid it all. He saved us from the wrath. God took it. He paid it all. He canceled the debt in full. We owe nothing. Jesus died for every wrong that you've committed. Do you believe that? That means Jesus died for every wrong that was committed against you as well. 
whatever they did to you, whatever they said was nailed to the cross 2,000 years ago with Jesus, what are you still doing with it? We need to give the total forgiveness of God and seek revenge no more. Give grace and mercy. And again, here's something else we don't have time this morning for, but I believe that the church today does not know, understand, or give mercy. We got grace, but we do not know what mercy is. This is a serious matter. How serious? Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, Jesus says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is the unforgivable sin we don't talk about. We talk about the other one. We don't talk about this, so to speak. We need to recognize the truth that our horizontal relationship with one another affects our, our, our vertical relationship with God. But, but, but it's not fair. You say, Pastor, it's not fair. It's not right. Here's something I tell my kids. Life is not fair. And you know who else is not fair? God. God is not fair. Praise God. He's not fair. Because if he was fair, all of us would be in hell right now if God was fair. Praise God he's not fair. Praise God life is not fair. There is mercy and grace. Forgive like we got it from God. And let's make sure we're clear about this forgiveness. It says, as we wrap this up, this is something important. Forgiveness is up to you not the other person. It is all up to you, not the other person. Forgiveness begins with the ball on your side of the court. It is something you serve up. It is not dependent upon what the other person says or does. God forgave us while we were still sinners. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God forgave us while we were still sinners. Not when we turned to Him. Not when we decided, hey, we're wrong. Not when we recognized our need for Him. God sent His Son and Jesus died on the cross while we were still sinners. There is no reason, therefore, to put off forgiveness waiting for the other person because there is nothing that they need to say or do before you forgive them. Just as it was with Jesus, total forgiveness does not need to hear the words, I'm sorry, first. They do not need to ask you to forgive them before you forgive them. In fact, waiting until then they see the error of their ways is waiting in unforgiveness. As I mentioned earlier, they may not even recognize that they've done wrong or there's hurt. But again, we look at Jesus' example on that cross. All those around him who, who were mocking him. A crowd that didn't even know him but mocking him. You had all the soldiers and others who were crucifying him. Then you had the leaders and others who plotted against him unfairly, un unjustly, and, and, and so just trying to end his life. That was the, their sole purpose of what they're doing. As they were all there, and Jesus said on that cross, Father, forgive them. In Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And as much as you want to say that person knew exactly what they're doing, 
does that really matter? Because do you think that the Roman soldiers didn't know that they were driving nails through Jesus' hands and feet? They knew what they were doing. It means something more than that. And he cries out, Father, forgive them. A forgiveness that Jesus gives on that cross that was not dependent on whether they knew how horribly unfair or cruel they were being. It was not dependent upon whether they felt guilty or even whether they would admit they were doing wrong. None of that mattered. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. What they, someone did or someone said does not change Jesus' total forgiveness. There were no conditions before Jesus forgave people on that cross, forgave all of us. Therefore, our total forgiveness of others needs to be unconditional. Now, perhaps this morning some of you struggle with forgiving others. And part of it's just been you need to make a decision of your will that you're going to do it. Because there's a part of you that just wants to kind of hold on to that. You're still holding on to hurt. It's not buried in the depths of the sea. But I think for some of you as well, I wonder if you've completely experienced the total forgiveness of God. Could it be that, that, that some of us are only giving partial forgiveness because we've only received partial forgiveness? You haven't realized how great, how immense God's love is and His mercy and grace for whatever you've done and whatever you said. Now, He's forgiven you, but you're still punishing yourself for something. You need to get that forgiveness, to give that forgiveness. So today, uh, we're going to sing a closing song. The worship team is going to come. Perhaps one of the greatest ways that I can think this morning that, that we can really try to grab a hold of how we need to forgive others is by remembering how we have been forgiven and how much God loves us. I'm going to sing a song about that, God's love, that you would just open yourself up for God to do a work in you. You say, God, just help me, whether it's remind me or help me for the very first time to really, really grasp, not just with my mind, but with my heart, with my very soul, how much you love me so that I can love others that way, including forgiving them. Today, if you're here and you, you have never really experienced that forgiveness of Jesus, you, you don't know that freedom from guilt and, and sin, you've not known His forgiveness. I just want to encourage you as we stand to sing this song that, that you just come up here, somebody will pray with you, just to help you, that you wouldn't just keep on going without knowing that you are totally forgiven by God and to walk in that. Father, help us as we, in a sense, pray this song. Remind ourselves. You, Holy Spirit, remind us of how much you love us. And may that overwhelm us that we finally break that hold on forgiveness has on us or the hold that we have had on it. Thank you.